have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. We were declaring to the Lord just a moment ago. Do you realize that we have the opportunity, the privilege to actually commune with that God? The God who has no rival, no equal. The God who reigns forever. That he invites you and me into a relationship with him where we can, as the hymn says, walk with him. And we can talk with him. That a God who is so great still chooses and loves to condescend to our level to walk with us. And that's what we've been talking about these last few weeks. We've been talking about hearing God. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, our intention in addressing this subject is not just to cover a subject hypothetically or theoretically and at the end of the day to close our binders and go on to another topic. Our, our purpose this fall is to really invite every one of us to begin to consciously learn how to hear the voice of God because the Lord does speak with us. First question, though, as we asked last week, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many brought your Bibles? There you go. I've seen a couple more hands going up. Keep it up. Good work. You see, at its core, Christianity is not just a man-made religion. Christianity is a faith system, you might say, that's introduced to us by God himself who wants to commune with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. Jesus did a, said a remarkable thing when the disciples asked him in Luke 11 how to pray. Jesus said, begin your prayer with these simple words, our Father. That must have just blown the disciples away. And yet they recognized that Jesus knew God like nobody they'd ever seen before. And Jesus always referred to him as Father. And what must have surprised them was Jesus saying, you can know the Father just as I know the Father. He's your Father too. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, he said, that's why I came. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the only way to the Father is through me. And the purpose of me coming is to bring you to the Father. So Jesus came to show us what the Father is like. But he also came to demonstrate the truth of how we can have a loving relationship with the Father. And that's why I believe it's so important for us as followers of Jesus Christ that we really learn how to hear the Father's voice. That we learn to communicate with him. That we not just depend on somebody else for a revelation or what you might call a second-hand revelation. That we're not just parroting somebody else's thoughts or the preacher's thoughts but we recognize that wherever we live and move and rub shoulders with people, that God wants to reveal himself through us in the, in the uniqueness of our personality, our traits, our strengths and weaknesses. And he does that by allowing us to know him personally. You know, most Christians are actually surprised that you can learn, uh, to learn rather, that God really wants to talk to you. Jesus said, we know it well in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. Now, think about that. If Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice, then what does that pretend? What is he saying? I'm speaking, right? If I'm not speaking, there's no voice to hear. Does that make sense? There's no voice to listen to. But the reason you can hear my voice is because I am speaking to you. He says, I know them and they follow me. Well, how do we follow him if we don't know where he's going? How do we know where he's going if we can't hear him? Does that make sense? So the Lord says, those who follow me, they follow me because they recognize my voice and they walk with me. Now, God speaks to us in many ways. The Bible says in Job 33, for example, God does speak, sometimes one way, sometimes another, even though people may not understand it or always perceive it, another translation says. You see, the Bible reveals that along with God speaking to us through his word, that is, along with God drawing our attention to certain passages or scriptures in the Bible, that there's also other ways that God speaks to us. There's other ways that God has created us or wired us to hear his voice. For example, maybe I can buy, Joey, can I buy you for, thanks, honey. Isn't that wonderful, 32 years? She knows what I need. Thank you. <clears throat> A variety of ways that God speaks to us. For example, God speaks to us through people, doesn't he? 
Scripture tells us many places that we are to seek wise counsel. God will give wise counsel through people. We see in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they function through people. God can speak a word of knowledge to you, wisdom, whatever it may be, through somebody else. We also see that God speaks through visions and dreams. If you read the Bible, you'll see he did it through people like Joseph, gave them dreams, Jacob. Uh, Peter had a dream, changed his life, his mission. Uh, Paul the Apostle had a dream, a vision, an encounter with Christ. John, of course, we have the entire book of the Revelation because of what? He had a vision, he had a dream that God spoke to him through. God, God took him into, into heaven, showed him some things. And so God promises, not only did he speak that way, but he actually promises that God still speaks that way today. Let me tell you a scripture, Acts 2.17. In the last days, Peter said, quoting the prophet Joel, say it with me, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Now, is that true or not? Right? The Bible says that in the last days in which we live, your young men and women will have visions, your old men and women will dream dreams. So we should be expecting that, should we not? Should we not read that scripture and say, Lord, I've never had a vision in my life. I've never had a dream in my life, and maybe you have, but Lord, I've never really thought of you speaking to me through dreams. Would you show me how to speak to me through dreams? If your word promises that. We also see in the scripture that God speaks to us through circumstances. Uh, Jonah's a classic example. Things didn't go his way, you know, swallowed by a great fish. On he goes. There's just things that happen in our lives. There's things we get, times we get swallowed up in things. Things happen to us that come out of nowhere that we didn't expect. And sometimes we just kind of grin and bear it. Rather than stopping and saying, Lord, what are you saying to me through this? Well, why are you trying to get my attention? I was going this way, now this way. If I trust that you're leading me, what's up? And so the Lord can speak to us through circumstances. Romans chapter 1 says the Lord can speak to us through nature. Now, we don't worship trees. We don't you know, look at a tree as being God. But we recognize that nature, as Romans 1 says, actually reflects the nature of the God who made him, who made nature, who made creation. And so we can see the beauty of creation. Or how many have discovered you just go out in a quiet walk in the woods or in a trail somewhere, and what happens? You're surrounded by the beauty of nature, reminded of the beauty of your Father, how much he loves you, what he's made for you, and the Holy Spirit just begins to speak to your heart, right, in the quietness of that. Or like some of the guys this past week who were out murdering, I mean shooting, hunting moose. They never felt so close to God. But it's so true for many people who just love nature, of course, it's a place they go to retreat where they know God can speak to them. And oftentimes he reminds them of his power and beauty through what they see. One of the most common ways that God speaks to us is simply through our thoughts, through our intuition, our spirit. Isaiah 30, the Lord says this, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. In fact, all of us have heard the voice of God before we ever knew Christ. We just didn't realize it, right? We call it conscience or whatever. God still speaks. He still draws. He still reaches out to people who don't know him, even though they don't recognize his voice. But how much more are those of us who do know the Lord, we ought to be able to recognize his voice through our thoughts and through our intuition. Also, the Lord speaks through miracles or through supernatural manifestations, it's not just a fairy tale, actually, that God spoke to a man named Balaam through a donkey. Right? It sounds like a cute story, but I actually heard a pastor uh, a number of years ago, one of our own pastors who had a missionary from Ethiopia, who said that there was a, 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 an imam, a, a Muslim imam, who actually came to Christ through talking to a donkey. God spoke to him through a donkey. That's how he came to Christ. Now, you might say, that sounds crazy. Well, if it does, then it didn't happen to Balaam. Right? But if it did happen to Balaam, it can happen today. Why not? In any case, whether you believe it or not, God can still speak through the miraculous. He can do things that, that just uh, go against the norm, uh, against the, the natural laws, and through that, he will speak to people. There are many people who come to Christ through the miracle of healing or through a word of knowledge spoken to them, whatever it may be. We know that God can use the miraculous, and of course, God can speak through his audible voice. There are times there are people who from time to time actually hear a vocal voice from the Lord. Now, how did Moses hear from God the first time? God spoke to Moses through a bush that was burning, right? A bush of fire, of flame, but it wasn't consumed. He spoke through an audible voice. Now, here's a question. The next time Moses wanted to hear from God, did he go back up on the hillside and look for the bush? No, did he take a lighter with him? 
I want to hear from God. I got to find that bush and set it on fire. He didn't do that. Paul the Apostle encountered Jesus in the road to Damascus, a bright light, falls off his horse, and we know the rest of the story. Did Paul, the next time he wanted to hear from Jesus, go back on the Damascus road? Now, where was that spot? Where was that place that I fell? Okay, here I am again. I'm going to redo this, reenact this, so you'll hear from me, so I can talk to you. Of course, they didn't do that. And the point is, neither should we here this morning lock ourselves into only one way to hear from God. God is so creative. He's created us with so many faculties. In fact, I really believe that God wants us to learn that it can truly be fun to hear from him. It can really be a wonderful adventure. And the Lord wants to teach us many ways that he can speak to us. Not just the ways that we're accustomed to, not just the ways we're most comfortable with. There are some people who will say the only way God speaks to you is through the Bible. That the Bible is the authoritative word of God. It's the final revelation. And a lot of those people don't believe a lot of things that are actually in the Bible. But why do they say he can only speak to the Bible? It's because they are more comfortable hearing from God in a cerebral way. Their faith and theology is just very cerebral in the natural mind. But the natural mind doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. It's your spirit that understands the things of the spirit, and your spirit is sensitive to the things that your natural mind and man is not sensitive to, and there are things that God will show you. There are ways that he will speak to you if you're open to the adventure, if you're open to allowing the Lord to teach you how to hear him in different ways. There are a variety of ways that the Lord wants to speak to us. They will always line up with the word of God. They will never contradict the word of God. But it is not just limited to you opening the pages of your Bible. I got a call, uh, I think it was last winter, uh, from a, a, a dear brother. Hadn't been attending the church for a few years. Had been uh, in, in, another, in another church in our, in our city, a wonderful church. And uh, they'd been there attending. There were some friends and stuff. And so he, I just got a call to the blue. And, uh, and he asked, he said, Pastor, he said, we haven't spoken for a few years. And, we, and it's been very good. We're good friends. But um, he said, we haven't spoken for a couple years. But my wife, uh, Brenda, has been very sick. She has ALS. And I wasn't aware of that where I hadn't seen her. And she's had ALS for the last year. And uh, she's lost a lot of weight. She's, you know, kind of confined to the wheelchair kind of thing. And, and, uh, but she told me that she wanted me to call you and ask if you would visit her because she felt that the Lord had something for her from you that you were to you know they had something through you to minister and i said i would love to uh love to visit you love to be with you and so i think it was the next day we we arranged to get together and and at this time i had been tracking through the uh love says go academy online school that i think we have about 50 plus people going through uh, the first semester this year and uh, that particular lesson that just so happened was talking about different ways that god can speak to you and to allow yourself to be stretched. And so anyway, so uh, before going that next day, I just bowed my heart and I said, Lord, here's an opportunity for you to speak to me, to kind of stretch me a bit in how I hear you. And so, Lord, I'm just going to ask that as I close my eyes and think for a moment that you would just show me what I'm going to see uh, when I go to visit this couple, when I go to visit Dan and Brenda. And just in an instant, what I saw was simply Brenda sitting in a rocking chair she had a pair of brown pants on, a blue, blue blouse with flowers, a pink sweater. And, and I also saw myself kneeling down with my hands on her ankles. Now, I didn't quite understand what that meant. And I thought, well, I, you know, that's probably just my imagination. But thank you, Lord. I'm just giving you opportunity. Um, I wanted to do that. So in any case, uh, w when I got down to the house, we went in and visited for a little while. And uh, to make a long story short, we, we, we visited probably for an hour, and we were just talking about the Lord, and just uh, they had some questions about sickness and God's will, and we were just encouraging one another in the scriptures and, and what, uh, what the Lord had to say in a lot of these things. And when we were finished talking, I just said to Brenda, who happened to be sitting in a rocking chair with a pair of brown pants and a blue blouse with white flowers, uh, but she had a mauve sweater, not a pink one, but she had a pink collar, so it wasn't too bad. And, and, I, and I said to her, I said, Brenda, I said, I just want you to know, and I shared what I did before I came. And I said, I'm not sharing this to boast. I'm sharing this because I believe the Lord wants you to know that you've been in the house here for the years suffering with this sickness, and he sees you. You're not alone. He is here with you, and he's walking with you. And as I just shared that simple word of encouragement, of course, her, 
her eyes began to, to well up, and, and I think she was very encouraged by that, and the family was as well, to know that the Lord had not forgotten her. And so then just before leaving, I just said, I asked the family, I said, apart from the obvious where she has ALS, we're going to pray for that. But I said, apart from that, is there something else that I, that I can pray with you about? And her son piped up and said, yes, Pastor. In fact, just the other day, she had fallen, and she hurt both her ankles. Would you pray for her ankles? And so as I saw in that image, I just knelt down and, and prayed with her uh, for her ankles. And, uh, and I believe she said that she was feeling better uh, in that regard anyway. But after I had prayed, uh, Dan uh, asked her, she said, she said, honey, he said, before the pa pastor goes, I just want to know, did you get what it was you felt the Lord had for you from the pastor? And she wrote in her pad, because she couldn't speak, she said, yes. She said, I have peace. Isn't that beautiful? It's just beautiful the way the Lord uh, wants to minister to us, how he wants to minister through us. And I want to be clear this morning that the reason I share that story, it's not because I hear God any better than all of you. It's not because I'm more spiritual than any of you. But to remind each of us of the many ways that are listed in the word of God that we just talked about, ways that God speaks to people, and in a variety of ways that are very common to God. They are just normal ways that God wants to speak to us. And if they are, then we need to be open and eager to learn to hear him in as many ways as possible. You see, if I had not been challenged to kind of step out of my comfort zone, if I had not been emboldened to actually step out and try and to allow the Lord to show me a different way, then very likely what the Lord had in mind to minister that morning in the whole picture probably wouldn't have happened. Still would have gone and, you know, ministered maybe some encouraging words. I had a word of prayer. But just the simple picture the Lord gave me in my mind's eye, in my thought, brought so much comfort to somebody who felt that God's forgotten me. If I'm suffering with this, I've been here all this time, does God really know I'm here? And it was the beautiful way of the Lord saying, I see you. I've not forgotten you. I see you. And when you're going through something like that, that's one of the most encouraging words that you can receive. These past few weeks, uh, we've been talking about the opportunity and the importance of hearing God's voice. And this morning, I want to introduce you to a very practical way. It's so practical, in fact, so basic. I know some of you do this already. Probably many don't. If you're like me, you don't. It's not, I do do this, but it's not my personality. It's a stretch for me, but since I've been doing it, I love it. But a very practical way that you can actually begin to hear God. Because how many understand when it comes to hearing God more clearly, it's a learning experience. It's something you learn. It's something you grow in. And it's very simply what we've already introduced to our staff and our, and our lead team. But it's just simply called journaling. Journaling, right? You just take a little journal. I got one right here. Dollar store, $4. Got a whole bunch of them. When I go to the States sometimes, I drop by Burlington Coke Factory. They're like 4 or $5, big thick ones. Stock up on them. Some call it two-way journaling. But it's basically a great place to start. And as you learn this discipline, as you grow in this discipline, you will mature. You will mature in your ability to hear from the Lord, and you'll also be able to build off this, this basic discipline. All journaling is, as I'm sure you understand, is it's, it's disciplining yourself to begin to write down what it is the Lord is speaking to you about, what he's showing this word, what maybe he's impressing upon your heart at any given moment. It can involve asking God a question, writing down what he's telling you in response. Usually it's the first thing that comes to your mind. And my prayer this morning is that as basic as this discipline is, that we'll at least try this in the coming days. Because the reality is, hear me friends, God wants to speak to you more than you want to hear his voice. You might think hearing God's voice is a cool thing. But God is so much more excited about you hearing him than he is, than you are about, uh, than you are about hearing him. Does that make sense? You, yeah. Because he already hears you, okay? But he wants you to know that you can hear him. You can deliberately walk with him. Now, some people shy away from anything to do with hearing God's voice because you've grown up in tradition where if you get it wrong once, then you're the devil somehow. You know, you're a false prophet, we take you out and stone you. It's the same way with the exercise of the gifts of the Spirit. The body of Christ ought to be a place where we can grow 
in understanding and learning the gifts of the Spirit and not feel condemnation or put down if we get it wrong if our heart is sincere. And in the same way, a lot of people don't really try journaling or hearing God or letting them speak because they're thinking, what if I'm wrong? Hebrews 5.14, we've talked about the scripture a few times. Solid food is for the mature, the grown-ups. And how do you become grown-up? Who through training have the skills to recognize the difference between right and wrong? Through training. You see, one of the... One of the issues we have, I think, in evangelical circles is we're really big on trying, but we're not big on training. We're really big on sincerity, but not really big on spiritual disciplines, right? Like, I, I, wouldn't it be nice if, or I'd really like God to, or here I am, Lord, zap me, whatever it may be. And there are times that we have those very intimate, powerful encounters with the Lord. But it's the in-between times where the Lord is trying to build spiritual muscle in us. He's trying to teach us truths for ourselves that aren't just parodying somebody else. He wants to give us firsthand revelation so that we are actually excited about Jesus, that we actually know him more and more. And for that to happen, it requires some training. And training is a good thing. In fact, God's plan for you to become accurate in knowing whether something from him or not is through regular practice. And if you make it a practice to journal, you will grow in your confidence that you can hear God. And you will grow in your accuracy of what the Lord is saying to you. It's like the great theologian Christopher Robin once said in speaking to Winnie the Pooh. It's one of the last good programs you can watch. Christopher Robin said this, I will always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I've been. Isn't that powerful? That is so true. You always get to where you're going by not staying where you are, by walking away from where you have been. And I want to encourage us this morning that if we're growing to, going to grow in God, then we've got to make a decision that I am going to walk away from what has always been comfortable place for me, from what I've always known, that security of what I've always known or where I've always been. Does that make sense? If you're going to grow in God, if you're going to grow in the things of the Spirit, if you're going to learn to hear God's voice more clearly and be led by Him, then you've got to choose to move away from where you are right now. And here's a couple simple ways to get started. Number one is simply what I would call spontaneity. Spontaneity means that you don't work at hearing God as much as you position yourself to hear Him. And you understand that the most common way that God speaks to you, and I know this will sound flaky or a new age, it's not. The most common way God speaks to you is from inside you. Just from inside you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Paul said to the Corinthians, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. In other words, he dwells in you, so he speaks to you. And so you hear that voice, what the scripture calls that still small voice, 1 Kings 19. And what it sounds like is simply a thought. Now, it's not just any thought. It's a spontaneous thought. How many have had thoughts that you know is God? Why? Because it's a lot wiser than your thoughts right? Or it's a lot more loving than your thoughts. Now, again, it has to line up with the Scripture. We're not talking about contradicting the Word of God. But, you know, you're going a certain way or you're about to say a certain thing or move in a certain direction, and the voice, no. Have you thought of this? Or some insight, some impression, some prompting, whatever it may be, it's part of your normal thoughts the Lord will use. Now, I know that some well-meaning Christians, they will argue from Jeremiah 17 that you can't trust your thoughts because the Bible says the human heart is deceitful. Who can understand it? It's deceitful. And that's true. I'm not going to argue with that scripture. It is true. The human heart can be deceitful if it's left to its own devices. But that's not the same as the human heart that's being trained in the Word of God. That's not the same as the human heart that's so being obedient to the Holy Spirit. That heart is not easy to see because it's led by God. You understand me? It's walking in light. It's walking in fellowship. 
It's being led by the Spirit of God. That's what we were promised as sons and daughters of God. If we are sons and daughters of God, then we will be led by the Spirit. He will lead us through his word, but he will also lead us by other means because as we walk with him, we learn to recognize his voice. You may be driving somewhere and somebody's face comes to your mind. Ever have that happen? And you just know, I got to call them. How many times when you didn't bother calling them did you find out later on you should have? Right? Or you didn't pray for them and you found out later on they were going through something. You knew the Lord was telling you at that moment, if you can, drop your knees, pause, you know, quiet your heart, pray for them. They need your prayer right now. That's God. That's spontaneity. And we learn to do what the Lord is prompting us to do. Another component of hearing God is just simply stillness. Very obvious. Because the reality is, if you are distracted or stressed or worried about issues, it is very difficult for you to hear, to listen to God's voice. So what do you do? You've heard it a million times if you've grown up in church. You find a quiet place, you make yourself comfortable, and you close your eyes and be ready to hear. Be ready to listen. The formula hasn't changed. It's not mystical. It's just completely understandable. You've just got to pull away from the noise. We said it before. The problem is not that we cannot hear God's voice. The problem is we don't like stillness normally. Many people don't like to be alone with their thoughts. They don't like some of the thoughts that they have, and so they fill their lives with busyness. And as believers, we can even fill our lives with godly things, with busy Christian things, and yet never stop to hear his voice because we don't think that perhaps he's even going to speak to us. But you find that quiet place, you make yourself comfortable, and then you just simply begin to focus on the Lord. You know, when I begin my quiet time, I just simply say this. It's not a, a formula, it's not superstition, it's just what's on my heart. I just say, Father, thank you for meeting with me right now. Because I believe he does. When I come before him, I believe he meets me. When I draw near to him, he promises to draw near to me, right? So as I begin to draw near to him in the morning, I just say, Father, thank you that you're here. And we begin the conversation. You can also sing to him quietly. Some of you enjoy singing more than others. Or you can just speak the name of Jesus like you do in worship sometimes. You just speak the name of Jesus over and over again in worship until you feel like your spirit is just being centered in his presence. It's a good place to begin to hear God. The Bible tells us in Luke 5 that Jesus often withdrew, where? To lonely places to pray. He didn't say he withdrew to depressing places. No, he just means there was nobody else there. Got away from the noise, away from the demands where there's nobody, just him. And he met there to pray and to be with his father. So find a quiet time, a quiet place where you can simply be alone with God. Friends, this is absolutely huge. It's basic, but it's huge. Because how many will admit, like myself, that it's oftentimes in the business, it's oftentimes in the, in the stress, whatever it may be, the situation, where you hear the voice of God simply saying to you, come away with me. You ever hear that voice? Just get away with me. Shut it down. Turn the TV off, silence your phone, whatever it may be. Will you just take a few minutes and get along with me? Let me talk to you. Again, this is not rocket science, but it's something that is seldom done by many believers today in our busy pace. So we have spontaneity as one ingredient of hearing God. Stillness, of course, is very important. And finally, journaling. Journaling. Now again, what you write in your journal is not equal to the authority of Scripture. Just because God is speaking to you does not mean, oh, this is the same as the word of God. No, it's what God has spoken to you, and it will not contradict the scriptures that God has given to you. But what journaling will do is it will lead you into a deeper intimacy with your Father. It will make your walk with him so much more deliberate, so much easier to track, so much easier to see what he's been saying to you over a period of time. In fact, when you think of it, the entire Bible that you have in your hands, it is the product of somebody journaling. Either the person has journaled what God has told them to write down, or else they have been led by the Holy Spirit, right? That's what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God. So what do we have? We have God speaking 
to men who wrote it down, who journaled it. They didn't even realize it was going to become, you know, a part of canon for us to have. They were just writing down, recording what God had shown them. And, of course, we have it today as the word of God. Again, Paul reminds us in Romans 8 that the true children of God are those who let God's spirit lead them. How many understand that Jesus is not just for church on Sunday? Jesus isn't just for services. He's not just for goosebumps and, you know, and encouraging us to go on the week and forget about it. Just come here and I'll pump you up and go on your way. See you next week. Thanks so much for coming. Even if it's once every four weeks, I just so appreciate it because I know how busy you are. No, that's not what he's for. Jesus wants us to understand that he wants to talk to us every day. And not only talk to us every day, he has a word for us in every area of our life. And, and one thing that journaling does, it's a concrete way of allowing God, who has no rival, who has no equal, who now and forever reigns, that God. Journaling, quiet times, quieting your heart, gives him opportunity to speak into each and every area. You see, the fact that God is almighty, God is all-powerful, whatever else you think of, has no bearing unless he is those things in my life. That's why a lot of people say, well, you know, it's not that I don't believe in God. I just find that your religion is irrelevant. It, it doesn't just seem to, you know, make any difference to where I live. And that's because for many believers, there's a form of godliness. But as Paul says, there's no power to truly make them godly. There's no power to actually lead them according to the Spirit. And the Lord says, yes, I've made that power available to you. I've wired you to hear me, to be led by me, to know my voice. But you have to choose whether or not you want to. Whether you're open to that spontaneity, whether you're willing to quiet your heart, find stillness, whether you're willing to journal to write down the things that I've given to you. There's all different kinds of journaling. There's no one set way. I'll give you just a few quick ones because there's other things that may be important to you. And the Lord is instructing you to create your own journal. But the most obvious one, of course, is just a devotional journal. A devotional journal simply means having a journal open next to your Bible and recording one or two nuggets that the Lord has shown you that day. Maybe just writing out three or four lines of a verse. We used to use, and I still use in my own uh, 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 quiet time, but we use the SOAP method. S-O-A-P, soap. It means read a scripture, S, and in that scripture passage, what did you observe? Write down one observation. Okay, now that what you've observed, how are you going to apply that? So write down the application. You can do all this on, on a half page of a journal this size. Just write down the scripture, what I observed, what I felt the Lord say to me about that, how I can apply that in my life, and then I can take a moment, among other things, to pray about that thing. Lord, I believe you made this stand out to me, and so, Lord, I'm just going to remember that. I'm jotting it down, and I ask you to show me how to apply that. And the wonderful thing is, if you do that through the course of the week, then on the last day of the week, if you want to, rather than continue with another passage, you can just use that morning to review the things the Lord has shown you that week to see which things I've checked off or which things I want to carry over and keep working on. Again, just a deliberate relationship that comes through devotional journaling. Another kind of journal you can have, which I have as well, is just what I call a miracle journal. Just where I jot down uh, things the Lord has done out of the natural, the ways he's answered prayer. I just jot a few of those things down when they come to mind when the Lord does things, and it's a wonderful encouragement. Another one is what I'd call a family life journaling, where you can just have a journal where you write down things the Lord is showing you about you or your spouse or your children, things he wants to speak into your lives, directional things he's, he's trying to show you. Maybe there's things that he'll bring to your mind about your children that, uh, that you don't see in the natural, but he'll say, I want you to pray this way because you don't see it, but this is kind of coming against your kids or, or maybe they're going through something. I want you to begin to pray this way, not talk to them, not punish them, just want you to pray for them, whatever it may be, but the Lord will show you some of those things. So I just call it a family life journaling and then also a listening prayer journal. Now, I'm going to come back and finish with this listening prayer in just a moment. But before I do, let me just say that the reason it is good to journal is it will help you remember what God has done for you. Does that make sense? It helps you remember what it is the Lord has been speaking to you about or about those closest to you maybe. And it also begins to show you in a tangible way how noticeable is God's presence in your life. You ever have a child whom you provide for and you love and maybe sometimes you even spoil. But on one occasion, 
You can't say yes to the request. And what's the response? You never do anything for me. Right? You never give me anything. Tell your child, every time I give you something, write it down. Right? And we're the same way with God. And so one of the reasons why it's important to journal is we can always review and say, wow, God, I can't believe all the things you've done, all the things you've shown me, all the things you've provided for, whatever it may be. That's why it's so important, I think, to write down some of these things because we so quickly forget what we don't write down. Do you realize that most of you are going to forget 90% of what I said even after you leave this morning? You know why? Because it's not that interesting. <laughs> I hope that's not the only reason. But it's because we're not wired to retain a whole lot. But for those of you who take notes, who, I'm not saying anybody has to take notes. I'm not a note taker myself. I usually just buy the tape. But I'll write down things that come to mind. But what you write down, you tend to uh, remember, of course, a lot more. But here's the problem if we don't remember things. When we don't remember what the Lord is showing us or what the Lord is speaking to us, you know what happens? We become ungrateful. We become ungrateful. And as I shared a couple of weeks ago, we begin to buy into the world spirit that promises us things that always cost us more than we imagine and always bring us into bondage and rob us from what God has for us. We will serve one or the other. And one of the ways the enemy gets us is by creating this ingratitude in our hearts. And journaling reminds us of God's goodness, of what he has done, what he's shown to us, what he's done for us. And then we begin to treasure those things in our heart. And you know what happens when you actually begin to treasure in your heart what God has done for you, what God has shown you of himself? It inspires worship. And worship begins to give rise to gratitude. And thankfulness, I put the little quote there in your newsletter here this week, gratitude turns what you have into enough. Isn't that a wonderful saying? Gratitude turns what you have into enough. And see, the thing is, as you are deliberately fostering a relationship with Jesus, he becomes more dear to you. Hear me, saints. And the dearer Jesus becomes to you, the more the grip of this world spirit is loosened on your heart and mind. And you really begin to understand what is important in life. You really begin to realign your pursuits, your values. You begin to realign how you invest what God has given you in your time and your resources, your health. All that God has placed within your hand to minister through you. You begin to develop a spirit of gratitude and of worship. Rather than I need this and this and this and how come God's not providing that, you begin to remember all that God has done for you. And, of course, it encourages you to go to the Father when you have need because you have in your life. I guess it was quitting time. Journaling also helps you to track through a situation that may take months or years to navigate. But as you begin to record those small insights or victories along the way, then you're encouraged to persevere in the way that God is showing you. In other words, there are a lot of situations we don't track through really well because we're not deliberate in walking with God through them. We have in our mind how we want things to work out, what we expect to happen. Remember we said before that those, those expectations, if they're not met, they become demands. God, if you really love me, God, if, God, if, God, if, where the Father is saying, I know things you don't know. I see things you don't see. I'm working on things that you can't imagine to bring to pass what I planned for you. Like the dear sister in the, in the, in the rocking chair, I know where you are. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. Now, do you want to walk with me? And you see, when you begin to journal, you can go through things for weeks or months or years before an answer comes. But though you may not have the solution, you will find many answers along the way as you record what God is showing you. When you record how God is shaping you through this. When you record how your life and your priorities are changing or how God is using this hardship to give you insight. How God is using you to minister to others whom you'd never minister to if you weren't going through this. Do you see the big picture? And when I write that down, I can look back over it and say, wow, God, 
even though I still don't have the solution, even though the child still is not saved, even though whatever it may be, thank you that you are walking with me and you are talking with me and you've shown me that I belong to you and I'm in your hands and we're still on track. That is great encouragement and it also helps you not to get in God's way and keep messing things up. And related to that, of course, journaling will provide you a record of your walk with God. And you know what? There are times that you just need to sit down, and I do this. You need to sit down and you need to reread some of the things that you've written down, that you've recorded. And God will encourage your heart. This might sound silly, but this past week I was having lunch with a pastor friend, with Scott sitting over here, Pastor Scott right here. And uh, when I got to the car, I, on, on the way, walking across the parking lot on the way to the restaurant, I noticed a lady who had a, a cane. And she was wincing. She just take a step or two, and she was wincing. And uh, she just went outside for a smoke, so she was having her smoke and just kind of walking gingerly. And, and so I just walked over. I said, oh, you know, you look like you're in a lot of pain. She said, yeah, I had an accident whenever it was, and, and it hurt my hip, and got a lot of pain right now. And I said, listen, I'm just going inside. But I said, I'd love to pray with you before, before I go in, if you don't mind. And, uh, and so I, I prayed with her and just laid my hands on her. And you could just feel the presence of the Lord. And I was saying to Vanessa, uh, I think it was last night, night before, it was so cute, actually, because as soon as the, the Lord's presence came on her right away, poof, cigarette was gone. <laughs> I just thought, Lord, that's so, that's so precious, you know, just that, that we can be so sensitive to your presence. There's just this, there's this immediacy, this sense of the Lord's presence. And, uh, and that's not preaching against smoking by any means, but it's just uh, it's, it's an interesting response. And so... So anyway, so I prayed with her, and, and she was very, very, very thankful and, and, and appreciative. And, and so I said, how you feeling? I said, is the pain gone? And she says, no, it's kind of still there. And, and, and then she had to get in, so, so that was fine. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see uh, healing at the time. doesn't mean the Lord didn't do something later, but didn't see it at the time. But the point being that, you know, you can be very discouraged, right? Because you feel prompted to care, to, to just ask how you're doing. You feel prompted to step out and, and offer to pray. You feel the presence of the Lord, and because, and, uh, and you know, whenever you pray, you'll feel the presence of the Lord, but you just feel the Lord's presence, and you, you know the person feels the presence too. But you can kind of feel discouraged thinking, well, you know, I guess that's just not my gift. You know, nothing seemed to happen, so I guess, you know, anybody ever think that way? You know, that's for somebody else, or I guess I'm not gifted to do that, whatever the case may be. Well, I went, when I went home a little while later, um, I just took out one of my journals one of my answered prayer journals, and, and I just leafed through it and just read a couple of my entries that I had over the last year. Here's, here's one entry. Uh, I had jotted down uh, last spring. I prayed for an elderly Christian lady with severe pain in her legs that was not able to bend her knees or kneel down. I prayed a few moments, and the pain decreased until it was all gone. She fell on the ground in worship as the pain left, and she could now kneel as well as lift her legs as if she was marching. That was just a simple entry in my, in my journal. Do you think that might have encouraged me after coming away from a scenario where I didn't see God do what I kind of hoped uh, I would see him do? And maybe it happened later. I don't know. But I didn't see it at the time. Uh, another entry I had was prayed for a lady with cancer in her womb. She said she felt a burning sensation like fire. And I just write it, wrote down, thank you, Lord, for your presence and power and for the encouragement to step out and to believe. You see, when you go through your journal and you read some of the things the Lord has done, or it may be something you've walked through with your family or children or workplace, whatever it may be, and you rehearse that in your mind, it encourages you to keep walking with the Lord. It encourages you to keep believing that you can step out and that God will use you or God will minister or God will whatever he's going to do, rather than just allowing yourself to clam up. Why? Because we forget. And when we forget, we become ungrateful. But when you rehearse what the Lord has done, gratitude rises up, faith rises up, and you say, okay, for whatever reason, nothing happened that time. But, Lord, I remember now as I go through my journal, you heal, you save, you love, whatever the need may be. Now, on the topic of listening prayer, and I'm going to be real quick on this, the first obstacle we have to overcome is believing, not believing the lie that, you're, that it's either too complicated or you're just not spiritual enough to trust that God can speak to you. Because if you belong to Jesus, you are able to hear his voice. How many really believe that if we were created in God's image, right, we were created for conversation? Does that make sense? For communication. Well, how do you have a conversation with God? 
I believe it's the same way that you have a conversation with another person. How do you do that? It's really hard for my personality type. But you speak, and then you listen, okay? And it's easier with God because he has things to say. Sometimes people, you know, they, you know they want to hear you, right? I'm just kidding. But you listen. You listen for a response. In a listening prayer journal, you simply write down whatever it is you have, a question, a statement, maybe confessing a sin, whatever it is. I just, jotted, I just jotted a couple lines down here really quickly to give you an idea of what it might look like. But you simply begin by asking a question. And then as you quiet your thoughts, you write down the first thing that comes to your mind. Now, I know what you're thinking. What if it's just my imagination? Well, it may be at first, but that's how you learn. But you trust, if you're in the presence of the Lord, you trust the Lord wants to speak to you, you begin to write down what it is the Lord shows you, no matter how much you think you're making it up. Because how many understand when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, even though you're filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken other tongues, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? I made that up. Right? Or until you spoke, you're hearing words in your mind, you're feeling something, no, it's just me, it's just me, it's just me. Who's that? It's the enemy. He doesn't want you to receive. And in the same way, the devil does not want you to learn to hear from God. So he will trap you in one place of thinking, well, I'm not really wired that way. And yet you are. I just jotted down, for example, what my uh, listening prayer journal looks like. I would just jot down my name or I'll just put my initial P. And in one entry, I just said this. I said, Father, thank you for what you did the other day. You were so good. And then I wrote the letter G or the name God. You can do whatever you like. And this is what I record. Just, I just recorded, Paul, I love doing good things for you. Keep asking, keep seeking, because I want to keep answering so you can know me more and more. Now, I don't know how that sounds to you, but that felt like God to me. Just that simple. Uh, another time, I just made this one up, but it could be a, a situation. Father, what do I do with the situation? And then you listen for a moment. The Lord might say, don't make any decision yet. I know your need. I am working. Or he might drop the name of somebody in your mind that he wants you to call. Go for coffee. There's something he wants to minister to you through that person. You see, the point is, it can be longer, it can be shorter. It doesn't matter. Why? Because it's a conversation. There's no rules, right? Do you ever talk to somebody and say, okay, standard conversation lasts 3.6 minutes. I say five things, you say five. We don't do that. We just converse. It could be a quick hi-bye. It could be an hour conversation. It's the same with the Lord. He's a real person, just like that person is. But it is important for you to know that at times, God does not speak to you in plain speech. Wouldn't we just love it every day if, we just, if God just wrote on the wall? Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to do, right? He doesn't do that. But he'll speak to us through pictures. He'll speak to us through promptings, through his word, through impressions, whatever it may be, a variety of ways. But the purpose, hear me, saints, and I'm done with this. Musicians, if you want to join me. The purpose is... Not to confuse you. Why does God speak to you and me in a variety of ways? I'm convinced it's because he wants to invite you into discovering the meaning of what he is saying to you. Does that make sense? It's called a relationship, right? You have a question. You have a conversation with the Lord. He's leading you. He's dropping things in your heart. You may not unravel the whole thing right away. It's not because the Lord is not trying to be clear to you, but he's saying, listen, okay, I'm going to give you enough that you know where to step. Now let's walk together in this. Because I don't want to just give you an answer and you go on your way and leave it behind all the time. I want to walk with you through this. So as you listen, as you record, as you obey, as you ask again. That's what Jesus was saying in Luke 11. If you seek, you will find. If you ask, you'll receive. If you knock, it will be open to you. What is the Lord saying? I want this to be a pattern. I want you to keep knocking, keep searching, keep asking. Thank you. Oh, good. Ask, seek, knock. There you go. Why does he want you to keep doing that? You see, when I was a kid, I'd always read that and say, because you've got to persevere. You've you got to keep working at it, working at it, and then maybe God will relent. No, what is he saying? Keep doing it so I can keep answering. You see? Because I want us to have an ongoing relationship. I want you every day, I want you through the year to ask so I can give it to you. I want you to seek so I can show you how to find it. I want you to knock so I can open it up to you. And we'll keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Isn't that beautiful? I want a relationship with you. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to have a personal relationship. 
The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the joy of kings to search out the matter. There's a whole lot of ways that we can grow in our relationship with the Lord. But I really believe at the end of the day, the Lord wants us to discover that hearing him is an adventure. It's meant to be fun. It is so fun when you, when you feel the Lord prompt you and you step out. It is so fun whether things go your way or not. It is so cool. Anyways, I had a good time. Here's your homework. Here's your homework. I know you all read 1 John last week. I'm not going to ask you. Let me give you a scripture if you have a pen. Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Matthew 10, 29 to 31. If you get the scripture, remember the question. I want to encourage you. Get a notepad. Do it on your computer. Go to the dollar store. Buy a couple journals. I want you to read the scripture and write down your initial with this simple question. Father, what do you think of me? That simple. What do you think of me? And then write down his name. Quiet your heart and begin to write out what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And he may lead you to scriptures. The scripture may come to mind however he speaks to you personally. But begin to learn to hear from the Lord. Determine that you will grow in that discipline. How many are on board? Doesn't it sound like a fun adventure? Amen. I know many are. The Lord wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us individually. He doesn't want our faith to be a superstition. Hit and miss, might happen, might not. Sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit. As many as sons and daughters of God, they are led by the Spirit. That's the Lord's intention for us. And I just think it's beautiful that the God that we worship, all the things we declared this morning, is the God who says, I'm close to you. I want to walk with you. Everything I am, I make available to you. I just want you to hear my voice and be led by me and learn to do that. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come. As the musicians play, if you're here this morning and you have a need, we'd love to pray with you. It could be a physical need in your body. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, you might say, I don't, I'd love to hear from God. I don't know how. And the way you begin is through a relationship with him. You come to the Lord and you say, Lord, I confess my sin, walking in my own way, doing my own thing. I ask you to forgive me. And what the Lord does when he forgives you, when he washes you, he makes that black cloud disperse, that confusion dissipate, and you have an open channel with your heavenly father, with your creator, and he begins to walk with you and talk with you in a way that you can understand, a very real relationship. If that's your heart's desire this morning, I invite you to come. We'd love to pray with you and introduce you to the Lord. But if you have a need as well, feel free to come. We're just going to sing this, uh, a verse of this in closing and have a word of prayer before we leave this morning. Amen. Will you lead us?